0: You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 35. We're talking about building personas with Barbara Carniero. Let's do it.
1: Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now let's join your host, Seth Muse, who can't wait to bring this up in the business meeting.
0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth and I'm excited to be with you today as always, because I'm always excited. I'm glad, honestly, really glad to be with, uh, to be able to talk to you today. This conversation we're about to dig into with Barbara Carniero from Word Revolution is incredible. And I think it is the basis for all Church Communications Succeeding. And we'll get into that in just a second. But first, I want to let you know that the show notes for today, and you're going to want to catch some of those links, uh, the show notes for today are found at sethmuse.com slash 35. Now, there's a really important link in the show notes today, and it is this. It is this new resource that I am offering. Here's the title, 88 Ideas for church social media posts. Now this is an ebook kind of resource. You can get it for free. All you have to do is sign up for my email list and I will send you the, you can actually download it right then. It's an ebook. There are literally 88 different ideas for what you can post on your church social media handles. Now they're ideas. They're not like here's 88 Facebook ones or here's 88 Instagram ones. It's it's ideas of what you could use. So it's it's kind of stuff like let's find uh, here's a question you could ask. Now does that work for Instagram or Facebook or Twitter? I don't know. You can figure that out. But it's an idea for you to post some kind of engaging content on your social media feeds for your church. You make the graphic, you make it look like you, but here's some ideas. Now these I've, I've spent a lot of time on these things, gathering from other people and, uh, doing some things personally and and using these ideas in a social media position at a church. And let me tell you, these have gained some organic traffic for that church and raised it on Instagram for sure, at least 40%. And on Facebook, we got more and more shares and engagement, like likes and, and, uh, and, uh, reactions and things like that on the Facebook posts that had, um, some of these items on this list that I that I did. And some of the ones that we asked questions, we got better comments back because people are actually answering the question. And some of those that were creative and clever, and they kind of made you think or respond that uh, they they just work really well. They may work for you, they may not. All, all of us should know that that social media is one of these kind of entities that takes time to build. People need to know you're out there. And the way that algorithms work, especially on Facebook, some on Instagram, they're not always seeing everything you're putting out, so you can't always gauge your success or failure on a couple of posts or trying it a few times. So it takes a while. Well, that takes a lot of posts, right? You got to post a ton of stuff. So how do you come up with all that content? Well, this is a way to fill in those gaps from your standard weekly posts that you can throw these things in, pepper it in, and then you can actually just change some things up and reuse them. So I'm sure there are a ton of other options out there, but you need to go get this resource. You can find it on my website. There's a recent blog that uh, has some links to it, but you, in the show notes for this episode, you can grab that resource at SethMuse.com slash thirty-five. So go there. It'll be one of the first links uh, near, the, near the uh the bottom of the of the read up. Uh, of the the write-up, and uh, you can grab this resource. So I want to make sure you get that. The other thing you can do is follow me on Instagram. Follow the Seminary of Hard Knocks on Instagram, and I'm putting out some content there weekly that uh, is is unique and different. And as I've started a new job, yes, things have been chaotic, and I have been a little uh, lax on some of that that is starting to get in a rhythm now. And so I'm looking forward to getting back into some of my regular posts and regular rhythms on Instagram. I try to post at least once a day on there. And, uh, and uh, it's the stories that have kind of fallen by the wayside. And I love stories. I love Instagram stories and live videos and things like that. So look for me coming back strong on that pretty soon. Um, if not already by the time you get to this podcast, so Today, we're going to talk to Barbara Carniero, and Barbara has an agency called Word Revolution that works with uh, businesses and companies that are not necessarily Christian, but also with churches and nonprofits to help us kind of drill down on messaging and reaching our customer in a business world or are our people that we want to reach and attract or our target in the church world and get them to come to our church so we we obviously if you don't like these words you know we talk about it kind of in the business sense sometimes and that puts people off but um it's kind of what are we do naturally so you might not want to say we market you might say we want to attract and um that might work better for you sure Personas may not work for you. Avatar might not work for you, but target audience and that it may not even work for you. But who are you trying to reach? You know, so couch it in a way that works for you. But what we're going to talk about today are personas. And what personas are, are these fictional creations that you create that's like of your target type of person you're trying to reach. And the biggest misconception is a lot of times people think that since we we focus the target, that that's all we want. And it's not the case. So in listening to this, I think we're going to talk about that, too. But just remember that this is the center of the target, not the whole target. And drilling down on these things sometimes is really hard. And churches are notorious for wanting to do everything. So why can't we do both? Why can't we do both? Why can't we do both? And as we talk about what personas do and how they help us, you're going to see why it's important to make calls and make those hard decisions, uh, and and not try to do both when you're trying to reach a certain demographic or a certain group of people. And because everybody else is going to come too, you know, and it's, you're going to get all kinds. And that's and you got to be ready for that. So. I'm not going to give up too much more away. Go to the show notes, SethMuse.com/35. Get that resource, and then come right back here and for this for this incredible conversation with a very knowledgeable person who has a great heart for ministry and totally gets what it means to connect a message to the person who needs to hear it most in your community. Here comes my conversation with Barbara. Check it out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast today. I have longtime friend Barbara Carnero on the show. And Barbara, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, sure. we, We've tried to connect a few times. And last time, like I said before, before we uh, started recording... Um, she was supposed to come on the show and instead decided to have a baby. So we're giving her a pass on that. <laughs> it yeah. was, it's like, okay, <laughs> go ahead and have your baby, I guess. And then come back. If you've got to do that. Right. So, so she's back, she rescheduled. So thank you for, for taking that time out to, to come back and do that. How are things going with that, with the new ba- newborn, by the way?
1: Good, good. You know, I've, I've, um, this is my third. So, uh, we are kind of completing the family, I believe. And, uh, uh, she was long desired. Um, and you know, we're very glad that, that she's here. And for us, it's been a blessing. Good. Yeah, an easy baby, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Easy babies
0: are nice. It's the, uh, it's the other ones it's the other ones. So, (laughs) well, thanks for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And today, uh, I want to, I want to find out a little bit about you for our listeners. And, um, then we're going to get into, uh, talking about personas and creating personas for churches and helping us make decisions online and elsewhere. So first of all, tell us a little bit about you and word revolution Mm -hmm. and, and kind of what you guys are about.
1: Sure. Um, I've been a you know a web designer for a long time, way back in two thousand and one. That's when I started, um, and at some point things evolved, um, became an agency, and uh, I think everything was going okay until uh, I got saved. About six, uh, actually, it'll be almost seven years uh, this year, uh, and um, I really thought, okay, there's some things that need to go or need to change. And I thought, okay, well, my I, I'm not going to have a business because now I'm a Christian. I need to go to Africa and feed the babies, right? Yeah, like,
0: Christians don't have businesses.
1: Do, right? <laughs> we need to do something about it. Um, and uh, believe it or not, it's kind of a silly thought, but it actually crossed my mind. Like, I, hate, I need to let go of my business and and start doing something for the world um and uh god was clear you know i was like wait wait wait. I, I didn't tell you to quit anything i just need you to start working for me now i want you to use your gifts and your talents for my kingdom um so that's when we became word revolution um a few years ago so although the what we do didn't really change much the name changed the uh, the intentionality of what we do changed. And that's when we start working for churches and ministries. Great. And what do you actually do for the churches and ministries you work with? Um, That's a great question because it's easy for people to put us in the web design box, you know, because that's what we do the most. So we fall into the, she's my web girl. This is is my web team. And uh, this is my web company. But um, I feel like we do a lot more than that. We really like to see ourselves as more of a partner that will come and walk alongside um, although we do stuff for churches, I see myself more as somebody that can help them get started, push the, the bike and have them pedal on their own. So uh, I love to help them get started, but I don't see myself as somebody that just wants to do it for the church on an ongoing basis. I just want them to be able to understand, OK, now we know how this can be done and we can use the people in our in our church to actually do it and execute. So
0: Right. So you kind of train churches then on what we're we going we're we're to try yeah, to, uh, yeah. On, on what we're going to call that like content strategy, web design and things, yes. things of that nature. And actually Marguerite was on the show a while back who worked for you for a while and is actually your sister-in-law, correct?
1: She, is, yes, yeah, yes. she was a
0: copywriter, content strategist, and had uh, some great things to add to the, to the uh, show. So yeah. if you're listening, go back and listen to that episode with Marguerite. I can't remember what number it is, but, uh, She's the only one on there named Marguerite. So you'll find it. Just go back through there. And it's great. It's a great episode. We talk about writing and content strategy. It's really great. Um, and that's the bulk of what you've kind of helped me learn how to do uh, mm-hmm. by proxy. So thank you for that. You know, putting me in touch with a lot of copywriters and stuff. It's been great. Um, you, you and I have talked about like the, your process. So without giving away, you know, the whole farm, um, you know, there's a, There's a process you guys go through and it always starts, it seems with this research phase Mm -hmm. when you get with a church, because they're like, we need a new website or we need a better social strategy or we want something done. And it's like, that's the, we want, we come to you and say, please do this for us or help us do this. And I think a lot of churches are kind of taken by surprise that we want to first stop and say, tell me about your church, (laughs) you know, a little bit. And so tell us about what is that research phase like and why is it important?
1: It, it is hard to change the mindset because uh, normally people will come to us. I would say there's three scenarios that are, that are very common. A broken website, a hacked website, or a website that nobody can update because the person that used to do it left or they just, I don't know, something happened and they, they don't have the same provider anymore. Mm-hmm. So these three, and then, you know, a website that is very, very outdated. It's also common every now and then we'll get somebody that just knows. They just know it's just outdated, we need to do something about it. Um, and we we tend to shift them from I just need a new website to let's really understand what you really need because the website has to be a result of something, it needs to do something for you. Um, and our, our processes, um, <laughs> it's funny that you asked that because um, I feel like the first conversations that I have with churches are mostly towards this idea of yeah, I want to learn about your church. I don't want to just design something for you. And that yeah. normally c- catches them off guard. Um, the first question people ask us, so, oh, can I see your portfolio? And I'm like, well, we really don't keep a portfolio online because you can find a lot of great websites out there. The ones we design may not be the greatest. It's, and it's not that I don't like design, but I just really want to focus on who your people are. So we call ourselves a people-centric Uh, company, because we really start with people, we focus on people, and we want them to follow us in that that, um, path of looking at people first before they look at design. Because design is very subjective, right? I mean, it's just about what you like or what you dislike, and your website shouldn't be just what the pastor loves in terms of design. It should be what will speak to and engage uh, with the audience that they're trying to reach.
0: Yeah. So. And, and having been on that side in the pastoral role, I know that I got for my youth group once I was like, I need to create a better website because our church website was terrible and I couldn't figure out how to, I didn't know anything about web at the time. And I'm like, I just need to make a simple site. So I went with Wix, you know, yeah. and it's like, those are great for that situation to get you started. You learn a little bit about web, but it's not, it's not where I would want to end up, but, yeah. but still Wix was like a drag and drop deal and it looked better. It functioned better, but honestly, it was what I liked. And I yeah. think, I think it missed a lot in hitting our students where they were. Cause they never went to it. <laughs> never. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, why did I do all that? You know, it's like, I didn't start with that phase. I didn't start with who are my kids? Where are they at? You know, I was like, I know what's cool. Let me show you guys what's cool. Here's yeah. your website. <laughs> and they were like, that's not our website. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it just totally missed. And so I think starting that research phase is important. And because, because honestly, you are trying to get a website that reaches a big number of your people because you're never going to find one that reaches all of them. Right. That they really all like and appreciate yeah. can work or whatever. Yeah. And that's <laughs> why we create the personas. Yeah. Exactly. So, so yeah. you create, create those personas. So tell us what is their persona and like, what's its purpose or maybe how do you use it?
1: Yeah. So um, there's several names that you can use for this persona, avatar, customer profile, you know, and the the business world, the marketplace will have a whole bunch of resources that you can find on that. And um, I I still have a kind of a a different approach, even though there's a lot that we can learn from the marketplace. I still want to apply it to the church in a way that is in line with what we're trying to do. We have the greatest mission in the world. And so when I think about uh, persona, here's what I normally tell pastors is, when I ask them who you're trying to reach, by default, they all say everyone. Yes. I mean, we want to reach everybody, which is great. And the truth is, you know, the Great Commission does tell us to go to all of the nations. Uh, but even the Bible shows us that, you know, Peter and Paul went to different communities, they had different roles and different views and different ways to even speak to the audience that they were trying to reach. Paul was very um, aware of who he was speaking to every time he was preaching, so he would start from where they were, and nothing better than Jesus to see that. You know, he can talk to Nicodemus and just, you know, say, "Hey, you got to be born again," like straight up. And then he's talking to the Samaritan woman, and he's actually being so kind to her and talking about the living water. So mm-hmm. we see those examples in the Bible about Jesus being careful about who he's speaking to, and the the biggest example I can give you about why this makes sense is. I'm sure if you've been planted, let's say, for example, you've been called to build a church in uh, Mississippi, okay, like whatever town it is, you believe you've been called there. How about the other pastors around you? Have they been called there as well? Uh So why would God put five, six, seven pastors within the same community if one of them was supposed to reach everybody? So we see how there is a reason why there are many churches in a specific neighborhood or or area or city um it's because naturally we don't have the resources the time the people to reach everybody and what would happen if you were to get your whole town to come to your church you wouldn't be able to serve them well
0: right and i like to say too that the great commission is that you go into all the nations that's plural so he's not telling you all you (laughs) You to go to all the nations he's telling us to go to all the nations (laughs) And so as us, it's like a team effort. So even the Great Commission is communal it's a it's community minded and it's regionally minded, you know. Um, So I I think that's a great point. So we create these personas when we get there based on our community that we're trying to reach. So tell us just, you know, how what does that even look like? What what do you use it for?
1: Okay. So, um, creating a persona before I even talk about who they're trying to reach, I want to know who they are. So we ask, we have a whole session, a discovery session that is just about the church. Uh, why? Because I'm not there and I want to understand about that church as much as I can. I want to know, you know, what do they care about? What is that? you know, some churches are very passionate about adoption, some churches are very passionate about international missions. And not to say that we shouldn't all care for all of those things, but you will see that every now and then a church has this really, really strong passion about some two, three, maybe four issues um, that, that mm-hmm. you know, naturally just happen within their community. So um, I know, for example, there are churches in my area, they're very passionate about reaching the homeless. Um, and some of them have been doing just a lot of very intentional things to reach the homeless. So um, what does that mean for a church is um, it, it's really a smart and wise way to, to be a good steward of your money, your resources and your people. Because if you understand, OK, I cannot outreach. Now, everybody can come to me and the church should have the doors open to anybody that will come to you. Yeah. But in your outreach, you can only go in one or two or three directions at a time. You can't go in all 20. If there are 20 things that you can tackle as a church right Mm -hmm. so if if you're going to be intentional about one direction what's that direction churches in there's uh, a couple churches in my area that are literally surrounded by uh, soccer moms i mean that's really all you have around them Uh, these um, uh, suburban you know uh, communities where all you have is young families with young kids and um, why would you really put a lot of effort into reaching for example, the military there, if they're not there, right? Yeah. So all you have is soccer moms around you, then maybe there's something you can do to speak to these moms that are tired, they're exhausted, they're just wondering, man, when am I going to have a break?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and, you know, just kind of understand who they are. Then you have other, other churches, they're very close to the Naval Academy, I'm in Annapolis, so you probably need to speak to people that are in the military, because they're away from home, they're you know, going through a lot of pressure, uh, mm-hmm. and their reality is very different than the soccer mom reality. So right. all of these things, I mean, if you can talk to me about VBS, I'm going to be like, woohoo! give me all the VBS you can this summer. So my kids <laughs> can be busy. You know, yeah. I mean, I'll drive 20 minutes yeah. to drop you know, them up.
0: You know, it's funny. Our kids have done three VBSs already this summer.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. It, we are in, in week middle,
0: four of summer and have done three weeks of VBS this yeah. last week. They were like here with their cousins and they're like, can we just not go the last two? <laughs> cause, cause it was actually the same, the Starveyor's, uh, VBS. They did oh, wow. that. They did that in, in like in East Texas with my parents. And then they came yeah. back here to go to the one uh, at a church they always like to go to. And it's the same one. And I was right? like, oh, oh man, this is the same one. I should have figured that out
1: beforehand. Right. So you take, and, you know, the military people that are in the Naval Academy, um, they could care less about the VBS. So yeah. you need to understand who, you, who you're who you trying to reach and then create everything around those groups of people. Now, a church can have more than one persona. That's one thing that I tell pastors sometimes is, but it really depends on your resources. Yeah. If you only have three staff members, maybe you won't be able to get more than one or two, you yeah. know?
0: So, you, so So you take all that info and you kind of compile it into a here's like the top answers we get the top demographics and you kind of create a fake person out of it. Right.
1: Correct. And, and even so
0: like name that person. This exactly. is exactly, this we give is the like, name. this is VBS <laughs> Vanessa, you know, that yeah. that loves VBS. And so, or whatever, I wouldn't say VBS, exactly. Vanessa, but you know what exactly. I
1: mean? That yeah. she's a soccer mom, we, we, she's we, this
0: age, she's whatever.
1: Yeah. So we, we actually start by saying, name all the groups of people that would re- somehow um, you know, engage with you like who are the people around you that would naturally engage with you and they will list all of these groups and and now i don't care if at this point pastors give me 30 groups of people that's fine Mm -hmm. i just want to understand okay around you you have identified you know there's a group of homeless there's a group of moms there's a group of single moms there's a group of uh, young adults and you know we'll, we'll list all of them and then the next t- stage is actually the hardest one. Like, let's prioritize. Yeah. Which ones are you better prepared to serve now? Absolutely. Because, you know, if you say, well, we really want to increase the number of kids, but I don't have any staff, any volunteers who take the extra load, then maybe you shouldn't invest in that just now, like right now. Mm-hmm. You might want to wait a little bit more until you can, you know, either get a bigger. Sometimes it's a matter of space. My church, for example, we have um, reach capacity with kids right now so oh. there are some sundays that we just had to say you know you guys we don't have a space for you you have to leave or take the kid into the sanctuary with you yeah. um and for a new somebody somebody that's coming for the first time i mean that's the worst experience you can give them is you know like bring your kid into the auditorium and you know yeah let them
0: well that's tr- <laughs> such a true thing i mean the a church i used to work at um, right as I was leaving, they went through this branding process and this re-understanding of who we are and decided there's a, exactly what you're saying. They're like, there's a ton of young families moving to our area. Our staff is young and can can kind of hang with them and and, and reach them really well. We're equipped to reach these young families. But we had just done this huge renovation that gave us more space in our children's area, though it didn't give us a whole lot more space. And so we started to focus on these young families. And now they're back in the same issue, busted at the seams, not having enough kid space, you know, because because right. we, we were like, who can we serve? But we we didn't figure that part out until after we did the re, the the renovation. Right. You know, so it, could, it should have gone in the other direction. We should have figured out who we are, had our new pastor come in and then gone, OK, based on now what we know about what we're trying to do and who we, who we have right here around us, what should our building look like? You know, if we're going to renovate it, what should we do? And, exactly. and, and I mean, we could have probably killed part of our sanctuary just to give more s- space. So, you know, it was a, it was like a backwards decision. And yeah. I think, I think a lot of us get in those situations where in church world where we're leading and we're trying to make decisions and it's like, we have to decide this now because that's kind of what was the issue is there was a, a school using, renting the building that was like, mm. we're out unless you do this. And we're kind of like, because mm-hmm. uh, they need more space too. So it it's always good to start with like, who are we trying to reach and who is right around us? And I think that begs the yeah. question. A lot of people ask this question, I'll ask you. And you can tell me if this is just the wrong question to ask or whatever. But are we trying to reach who we have? Should we base this on who we have or who we're trying to reach? Because I think because um, sometimes wait. it's... You know, like you want to reach those young families, but you're an older congregation.
1: Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: So, like, what do you do in that situation?
1: It, could, be go, it could, could go both ways. So, for example, um, we've had uh, the chance to work with churches that are growing old, and they really are in that space where they really realize, okay, we, we really need to start reaching uh, younger families or younger adults um, because they want to re-energize the congregation, and mm-hmm. they want to reach a different generation, period. Uh, so that's a situation where I think it's wise to uh, start thinking about strategies and ideas and, and um, um, even discipleship opportunities that will go in the direction of reaching these families. And there are other situations where you can educate your guests because creating a persona, there's a lot of guesswork in it. There, it's an educated guess, uh-huh. but um, at the same time, you're creating assumptions. You're, you're creating this persona, this avatar, like you said, you know, this Vanessa, who's a soccer mom. Um, and, um, you may be able to use a lot of the information from people that are currently coming to your, to your church to then identify what the vanessas out there look like. So yeah. one thing I tell my churches all the time is, um, every time somebody tells you something, write it down. So if they say, man, you know, my life has really changed since I come, I, I start coming to this church. I feel like I have a family. Write that down mm-hmm. because that's what they're looking for. They may not be sitting at home thinking, I need Jesus. Although I wish that was true. Yeah. That's not what they're saying. They're saying I need community. I need a family. I'm alone in this town. I really need to I don't know, get some community around me. And that's what they're thinking about. So when people are describing how their lives look after engaging with this church, that will give you some insights on what the other Vanessas are looking for.
0: Yeah. That's so good. you know,
1: if they're saying, Man, I just needed somebody to walk alongside with me and my kids because I had kids and I don't know how to get them to grow in faith. Or I wish my kids would know about God, um, and that's what they're craving, you know. Yeah. So,
0: so, so basically, find those people that are already at your church, yes. And say and listen to what they say of why they came. Yeah. And that gives you some really great insights to why others like them might come.
1: Yeah. It's Small groups like, are great for this. Yeah. Small group. So small group leaders, uh, pay attention to what people are saying. Yeah. Um, obviously, if you have any sort of survey that you can send out, that's always a good idea as well. Uh, but I think the best source: look at your testimonies. If mm-hmm. you're doing baptism testimonies, if you're doing, ba- you know, testimony stories, videos, um, go watch them and see what kind of language, what kind of words they're using to describe. Um, because again, very few will say, oh, I was at home and I really needed Jesus. (laughs) Like, that's just not the common, you know, thing that we hear.
0: Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I think one of the things I did that helped me, I I needed testimonies for my website, for the new website coming up. Mm -hmm. I was going to have a section where testimonials were there, why they came to our church. Mm -hmm. So I put out a Facebook post. That said, tell us how you came to be here at at the Heights. And I got so many responses. Now, I I didn't get like every demographic, obviously, uh, to respond, but I could have easily done a quick free 10 question survey monkey survey and sent it to our entire mailing list and gotten some great results back and found that some of that out. Why did you come here? And then how old are you? I mean, that's two questions right there. You could filter that whole deal and find out exactly what you want to know right now, what we're talking exactly, about. Exactly. So it's super yeah. easy to do that. I think that's a great, great point. Um, so that would obviously be one best practice is is survey your people and listen to them. Mm-hmm. What are some other best practices for making personas?
1: So when we create a persona, uh, we, we have a few sections that um, we go through. So we want to talk about. The normal stuff like where do they live what kind of job do they have and when i talk about vanessa i want them to think about one individual why because i um, right now we have this approach of speaking through a megaphone mm-hmm. um that's how websites are being built that's how our communications are going out it's just this huge megaphone and we're screaming to the world hoping somebody will listen yep. and we need to shift to a conversational tone so i I can't have a conversation with a crowd. I can have a conversation with an an individual. So um, when I tell them, look, I say website, but it could be any piece of communication, your bulletin, um, your Facebook ads, whatever you do, um, they should speak as if you're talking to one individual. So I want you to picture yourself sitting with Vanessa in the coffee shop. How would you speak to her? Because you wouldn't sit down and say, um, "We've been in a church for 120 years, and we you know, we believe in this and that." And that you say, Vanessa, you know what? You have kids. Our church is really passionate about growing in faith together with, you know, helping families. Um, just um, uh, coming alongside and helping your kids know about God and growing together in faith. Like, this is how you'd speak to her if she was sitting next to you. Right. So when I, let's create a, a persona and give her a name. It's funny that we decide on Vanessa. I don't know why, that's kind of pretty funny. <laughs> but, um, you know, we say, okay, Vanessa, I want them to think of one person. And it's really hard because churches don't want to think of just one individual. Mm-hmm. But we can have as many personas as you need, obviously. But at this point, I'm saying, okay, where does Vanessa live? Oh, she's in the suburb area. Okay, is there a zip code that she lives in? Let's look at that zip code and see if we can actually find them a on that zip code and see what do they do? Um, where does she work? Oh, she doesn't work. She's a stay-at-home mom. Okay, stay-at-home mom. How many kids? Two. Okay, she has two. So I'm not going to say Vanessa has two and a half kids because that's not possible for her. I want them to be that specific. Yeah. She's not 30 to 40. She's 33 or Thirty-one. You know, like I want them to give an exact age. So you want to go exact and specific. Yeah. Yeah. So they can start picturing this person. And most likely they will pick somebody they already know from their congregation. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to happen most of the time. Unless you're trying to pivot, like you said before, where congregation is getting older and they want to shift toward ha- towards having a younger uh, generation coming in right. so and we go from there so first is lifestyle where they live jobs kids all that kind of stuff then we go into character um you know tell me about her what are her character traits like and they can say things like well she's sociable but she's also you know uh, you know kind of um, shy in a way in like larger groups, Uh, this and that, and, you know, all the things she admires, and uh, we just create this list. Uh, And every now and then, there will be a question that is odd. So, okay, well, what kind of brands does she associate with? And I was like, well, I don't know.
0: That's a good question. Well,
1: if you were to just imagine, what would you pick? Because, you know, if if your pastor is always making jokes about um, Max against PCs, and this is a you know, a silly example, but if, you're, if your pastor is always making jokes about that or if your pastor's a big fan of Apple devices um, or he loves his Starbucks coffee, then maybe we can make Vanessa somebody that values those things because she will really resonate with a sermon when he mentions a, a cute joke about those things, right? So, yes.
0: It's it's like I don't want to stereotype so, Yeah. yeah, but obviously you could
1: get yes. into it so this persona will just live in paper that's one thing that i tell them like this is not going to go anywhere like your website is not going to say if you like starbucks you can join us like there's yeah. no mention to any of these things <laughs> right i just want you to picture somebody in your in your head that's all like um the persona will help you make decisions so if i know my husband and somebody's asking me hey it's his birthday what should i buy him What I do naturally is just think about my husband and know, okay, he likes this, this, or this. So, hey, I think you should buy him an Xbox game because that's, you know, he's a gamer and he likes to play games. So I'm not telling them anything else about my husband, but I'm going through my files and looking at everything that I know about that person. So it's the same thing here. Yeah. When you're creating something for Vanessa, you're not gonna say, if you like Starbucks (laughs) or if you're a Mac lover, (laughs) you know, uh, that is never gonna go anywhere. And one thing I tell them as well is this uh, this is a profile you're creating, and maybe you're wondering, like, okay, well, what if they don't really like? max and starbucks and i mean we're very we're being very
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i <laughs> think you know, yeah everybody right? understands that thing uh, so
1: what if they don't really like that will they not sure. come to our church it's like no because when you create a persona you're just deciding on the bullseye right. but the target is bigger so you have layers of people that are relating to this core of that that you you're kind of designing uh but your your target is bigger than just this bullseye yeah. So the persona is just a bullseye, and I, and
0: I think that's a that's a question for a lot of people. Is like if we do this and we get real specific, does that mean we're leaving other people out? And no, we're not, right? Obviously, you're, you're like you said earlier, we're open to everyone. We want everyone to come in, but who? I can't remember who said this. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time.
1: Exactly. Well, the question is, is what are you target? Who are you reaching now? Because you are like, leaving people behind. Period. Yeah,
0: you you are. And and that's the thing. I mean, you're not going to appeal to everyone. You're just not. So um, you don't just say, well, forget you guys. I mean, we create these personas and and then say, all right, that's our focus. But when somebody who's not like that comes along, it's not like we just ignore them or don't care about their needs or anything like that. We obviously do. We do what we can for them as well. But uh, it's like if you go to one of those churches, it's like the music is super loud. And it's rocking. You know, it's very, very modern. And the seats are very modern. It's dark in the building. But you walk in, I guarantee there's some people in there over 70 years old. There's going to be a couple. But there's not many. There's going to be a couple. In fact, we visited a church recently just like that. And the the friendliest couple was a couple just like that. They were sitting in front of us and they talked to us the whole time. We're like... Here's this 60 70 year old couple that's the super nicest people we've ever met in this church they physically I mean they just don't look like they belong here you know it's right. but but they it's working so exactly so these personas obviously are not to exclude they're meant mostly just to give you a focus so you can make better decisions in in that vein how many of these personas you said you can you can make multiple personas how many mm-hmm. is too many <laughs> how, when so, you when you get in the weeds yeah. with that
1: I, I challenge my churches, the churches we work with, I challenge them to have one, believe it or not. Okay. I challenge them to have one persona. Uh, because the more you can decide on one group, the more you can put your efforts, your money, your resources into one laser-focused um, you know, target. Um, if you have the people, because you need to remember, every time you have two personas, you're doubling everything. You're doubling the money you're going to spend, the people you'll need, the resources you'll need, the time you'll need. So um, if you decide to have two or three, you're tripling, you know, like you you just have to multiply it. So I I challenge them to have one. Now, when you're thinking about, um, for example, a website, a website very rarely will reach more than one or two audiences. So I'd say stick with one for the website. Uh, And then if you have events in the summer and they're specific to moms, then you have another you can have a specific persona just for those events or for this type of communication. But remember, every communication piece will naturally attract and detract people so the yeah. question is who do you want to attract with this particular piece so if it's a facebook ad specifically for man for father's day then you can be very specific about that audience and you don't have to worry about the women yeah okay that's true now, even though i may see it and, and think oh this is great for my husband but you're not targeting me you need to focus on him Mm -hmm. Um, when it comes to the website, you need to focus on the new, the, 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 the visitors, not the people that are coming. And that's one of the biggest mistakes we see is they just design what is, what is obvious for the uh, attendees and don't really think about some, someone that is coming for the first time and who's this person.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think, I think you hit that one really hard. It's uh, that's such a fight internally because especially (laughs) if you're a church that uses their website internally for a lot of things. It's so hard to convince or, you know, it's so hard to convince that the thing is for visitors and and it's yeah. like, that's why we want to, we want to tailor everything towards people who are going to find us here first before they visit. It's like, that's mm-hmm. an important distinction and it's not for us to, you know, have all of our curriculum on and everybody goes to that or whatever. I mean, we can do that, but that needs to be somewhere else on the site that's not, like a big deal, you know, that's just for us. So, and excuse Google analytics, like crazy. Oh, look at these pages. They're amazing. Yeah. That's us. Yeah. That's us going (laughs) to it every single day. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not like, Oh, our website got all this traffic. We're doing so good. Yeah. That's you (laughs) going to your website at the office all day. Um, so these personas, obviously you you said, okay, logistics stuff like demographics and then you said character. And, Mm -hmm. um, is there anything else in a persona we need to ask? Like, um, I would, I would think like what, what's their pain point, right? The problems.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. So towards the, the end, once we know where they live, what they do, and once we know their character traits and the things that they admire, then we move to the pain points. So there's um, several things that you can ask, um, pain points, challenges. Uh, and, and I also like to see... Uh, what their pain points are in different areas of their lives. So for example, what are their pain points at work? What are their pain points at home? Because those could be different. Sometimes the pain points are just at home and Mm -hmm. not at work. Um, Sometimes it's both. Um, Now, why do I I need to know about this? Because if I'm targeting men and all of their pain points are from work, then I need to understand what their reality is uh, because they may have a wonderful life at home, but work is where stress happens. Yeah. So um, we just ask questions like this like, what do you feel like people tell you the most? Uh, You know, are they just burned out? Are they tired? Are they really struggling with balancing, you know, their family time with their, you know, like life work balance type thing? Um, Which, by the way, I think everybody has that, but yeah, uh, that's a common challenge. Uh, But you will see that even, and I just know this based on different locations with churches that we work with. Um, You know, uh, churches in Tennessee will actually show different challenges than churches in New Jersey. Believe it or not, it sounds strange and it sounds like we're overgeneralizing things. But there is a reality that is different in, in, you know, if you go from New York to Alabama, I mean, just naturally. Yeah. So um, we want to look at those uh, areas and, and see. And I'll give you some examples. In my area, there's a lot of military families their struggles are different than other areas because they know every three, four years they're moving. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of stress and tension that comes with never being able to really, you know, have roots in a place and struggling with creating community that three years down the road will not be there anymore. And uh, so the way you engage with them is different.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a similar issue with like, if your church pulls a lot of people from apartments, then, you know, it's a very similar situation. Like you should be thinking like, okay, these people are very likely to move out and go somewhere else because it's, it's not, it's temporary housing. Really. It's, they're not, a lot of people will be out in three years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your plans for discipleship should probably be based on a, a short term high impact strategy. You know, well, that comes from your persona. Like if Mm -hmm. you didn't have a persona, like here's bill that it works in, you know, it and lives in an apartment. Oh, flag. He lives in an apartment. You know, he might move to another place. So how yeah. are we going to, how are we going to uh, disciple quickly with it bill? And, exactly. you know, exactly. And so who are, do we have a lot of people like it bill? And so that, yeah. that, I think, I think that's such an important factor is thinking about who you have and what are their struggles? Cause that's a struggle. Mm -hmm. They struggle with, and Donald Miller has um, this incredible thing in his story brand about when you identify those pain points, the the problem, it's like step two, the problem of your, of your, your hero. There's an external problem. Like I move around a lot, but then it also, it speaks to an internal problem. That's even more powerful that that is okay. I move around a lot. So what that does to me is it makes me feel very disconnected. Like I don't want to, I don't want to make friends real fast.
1: Exactly. So that's your,
0: that's the problem is they don't want to engage and dive deep fast. Exactly. So, Oh, yeah. what are we going to do about that? You know, it's like, how are we going to engage that person who doesn't want to engage fast? You exactly. know, that, that's the kind of things that personas can tell you if you have a large group of people or what's going on and, and be able to make better decisions, not just online, but in ministry in general. So yeah. that leads me to another, to the last question I want to get with you. Um, When you're making these deci- these personas mm-hmm. and you have a couple or you have one persona should we have just a church wide one persona or should we have a persona that's for the web and one for each platform of social media and one for how we, you know, do our ministry and yeah. homeless ministry, or whatever in general church, how, how should that work? Or should it all just be one?
1: You could. Yes. I think there's always a, a benefit in having one that you can use in more than one piece of communication uh, just for the sake of being wise with your resources, really. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm trying to reach people with my website uh, that are a, of a certain demographic, then uh, naturally what I do on social media may kind of in some ways go in the same line. But that doesn't prevent me from having specific things that I do mm-hmm. with specific personas. Uh, I i think seasonally speaking we can have different personas uh why because if i if i can do um i mean and we hear this often uh easter campaigns and, Christ- and christmas campaigns uh you can be a little bit you know go beyond your persona for those uh times of the year yeah just based on location for example right um there's a, a lot of opportunity there for you to create other personas women's ministry should have their own persona mm-hmm. the men's ministry should have their own persona i mean you get you have have the ability to walk alongside with your internal ministries and help them develop their own persona and see, okay, who am I trying to reach with this in particular that can help me communicate with them better? Uh, but again, I would say, uh, the church would have one main one mm-hmm. and then by ministry, you can have another one. Uh, and then overall it would, it would apply maybe for specific events or things that you would be creating. My church is doing a, um, the Revi Zachariah Uh, type uh, workshops so people from the 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 rabbi zechariah ministries coming to annapolis um a a group of i think a group of people are coming to annapolis and um uh we know that we may be able to attract people beyond the ones that are coming to our church and so there's an opportunity there for you to uh really reach believers because those that would go to a rabbi zechariah event are not the new time comers that will come to church on a Sunday. These yeah. are guys that are believers and, you know, they're, they're they are interested in apologetics and you can reach a bigger, different audience than your persona.
0: Or they are entrenched in an opposing view that want to come and challenge him.
1: Which is also true. Which is yeah.
0: uncomfortable and awesome at the same time in yes, those things. Those, the, he, he does such great work. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So men's ministry, women's ministry, probably students need to identify a student and need to identify a student parent. You know, yeah, kids absolutely. ministry probably needs to say, here's a family and exactly. here's the kind of kids they have. Mm-hmm. Adult ministry needs to identify like, here's, you know, here's who we reach. And that goes along really with the church persona. And exactly. and then uh, for elderly, if you are a people, exactly. if your persona is like, we're reaching young families for our church as a whole. Maybe we need to think about okay for our senior ministry. Then we need a different persona for them.
1: Yeah, that's... and guess what? They're not going to go to the website. So you can use a different tool. Yep. For uh, reaching and speaking to them, they may actually enjoy having the board on some you know wall that they can actually go to and and, and read uh, or you know things that you send in the mail. Yeah. Uh, if you have a community of of you know people, let's say. 70 and above maybe you can cater to them in a way that would speak to them by sending them a printed um you know something newsletter every month yeah and some people say you know those are dead well they are dead but not so dead as you may think i believe that if your audience is still um engaging with them then do it you know but know who that is not to everybody (laughs) They're,
0: they're only mostly dead right they're only mostly dead In fact, I just wrote a blog about the bulletins that before you kill it, you should go and maybe redo it or think about it because of this very thing. You know, what if if you're in a liturgical church? You can't kill the bulletin. You got to have that thing. So anyway, uh, well, this has been incredible and and very helpful. I think a lot of churches are are want they want to start here with personas, Mm -hmm. but don't really know how to start with them. And, um, I'm going to put a link in the show notes too. I got this little download from HubSpot. It's a, a, it's actually a PowerPoint presentation that you can fill in and it guides you through creating a persona. I I found it incredibly helpful. So I'll put that out. And if you have any resources you want to put in the show notes, uh, send them to me. I'll, I'll link to them in the show notes. But, um, in the meantime, tell us how we can get in touch with word revolution or, and you online, just what, where, where can we connect?
1: So uh, my agency website is wordrevolution.com. Some people will spell it world, but not. we're not trying to revolutionize the world. <laughs> we're trying to let the Word of God revolutionize the world. So uh, wordrevolution.com. Okay. And uh, we have the Church Communication Strategies uh, Facebook group where you guys can, it's probably the easiest way to reach uh, me and ask questions, um, you know, we try to share resources there as well. So I will give you, um, Seth, uh, our template that we use for Persona Avatar oh, and cool. um, an example, one that is filled out for a, an actual church. Um, a, a lot of churches will use Canva nowadays. So we actually have our template in Canva and we can share that template. And you guys can just reuse Sweet. it. Uh, and, you know, that template comes with a photo. We love giving faces to our personas. So uh-huh. it's easy to just replace that photo and and have that document ready to go whenever you need it. That's so, awesome. That's awesome.
0: Thank you so yeah, much you. for that. Well, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate your insight, your wisdom and everything. It's been really awesome. So thanks for talking with us about this and helping us understand what this is and how to make better decisions online.
1: You got it. It's good to be here.
0: Well, guys, uh, you can get those show notes at sethmuse.com slash 35. And I will put some of those links that we talked about in there. It, and you will love uh, their templates and stuff that I actually have seen they're incredible uh, and very easy to use so um, thank you guys so much for listening I really appreciate you tuning in we're back every other week now so you can connect with me at SethMuse.com and read the blog and then the SeminaryOfHardKnocks.com is also how you can get a hold of, a, um, of of this podcast and show notes and things so thank you guys for listening we'll talk to you later see ya